Good morning, everybody. Happy Friday. Welcome into 104.3 The Fans Coffee Break. Jake Shapiro, Rachel Deal. We've got a really fun show lined up for everybody. So James Marillat and DMAC are going to be joining us here in a little bit, too. We're all going to be hanging out on this Friday fun day. But, um, Jake, first of all, we need to start with this. Yesterday, you would have been on our Twitter. It would have sounded like the Colorado Rockies were getting sold. But I don't want everyone to get too excited because that's technically not the case as the Rockies or Grand Grand Junction Rockies are being sold. Correct, Jake? Yeah. I made it very clear that the Rockies were being sold. The Grand Junction Rockies, not the Colorado Rockies. Uh, They were also owned by Dick Monfort and Monfort Investment Group. Um, Technically, it was the Grand Junction Rockies LLC that did own the baseball club. But they moved the ball club from Casper, Wyoming to Grand Junction about 10 years ago. And at that point, they were rookie ball level. So when guys that were drafted, they would go and debut in Grand Junction. And that way, the Rockies felt like the guys that they had just drafted would get a better taste for the organization because the club was completely run by the organization rather than these other minor league teams like the Albuquerque Isotopes and Hartford Yard Goats, which, yes, there are a lot of Rockies people in player development, but the teams are still owned by other entities and other business organizations. So the Rockies bought the team 10 years ago, and about two years ago, Major League Baseball realigned the entire minor league baseball system and cut dozens and dozens of minor league baseball teams. Some of the victims of that were actually the Grand Junction Rockies. Uh, the Colorado Spring Sky Sox, later the Rocky Mountain Vibes. So Colorado is actually one of the few states in the union without an affiliated minor league baseball team now because of these cuts. Um, so it didn't make much sense for Rockies ownership to own an independent baseball team on the Western Slope, carrying the same name as their big club that has no longer an affiliation with it. So they sold to future legends, which they own a complex out in Windsor where the Northern Colorado Owls and Northern Colorado Hailstorm play. And uh, they're kind of building this indie ball uh, minor league sports thing out there that a lot of high school kids around the state are going to go use those complexes at some point. So yes, there is some news there. Uh, it was fun to write the headline, uh, but ultimately this has little effect and I'm sure it wasn't for much money towards Dick Monfort. So pretty much this has nothing to do with the Colorado Rockies. People shouldn't get too excited over this because it probably doesn't mean that the actual Rockies are going to be sold. No, and, and, and it sucks for Dick in this sense because he probably lost a lot of money on that investment. If I had to guess, he probably spent you know upward of $10 million, upward of $5 million buying that ball club. Mm-hmm. And for them to lose their affiliation in that shuffle – they lost nearly all their monetary value. So I'm sure he didn't sell for much money and Grand Junction Rockies facility. Wasn't that great. That's one of the reasons why they weren't picked up into affiliated ball. Future legends did promise to um, improve that facility. Honestly, I'm really happy for the folks out on the Western slope. I've got a lot of friends there. That's how I found out of the news. I got tipped off early um, that they're not losing their baseball team because even though they're not affiliated anymore, a lot of people still do go out to JG Rockies games. Uh, I'm sure that name is going to change because the Monforts own the rights to the Rockies name. Mm-hmm. Um, but this has no indication that the Rockies are going to be sold next or anything like that. Uh, this is just the indication of things that we've seen in the past, which is Dick Monfort was the only owner in major league baseball that wanted to cancel the entire 2020 season due to COVID. 
He was the one that was trying to say, hey, let's play no games because they didn't want to play at a loss. And the Rockies make so much money in attendance that their TV deal doesn't really cover for the rest of it, unlike all the other teams. Um, This is another, uh, I guess, footstep down the track of the Montforts not showing maybe the love of baseball completely wholeheartedly without showing first their love of business and capitalism. Okay. Well, Jake, nice digging yesterday to find out all of this information. Great job breaking this story. But let's go into the actual Rockies now because another night, another disappointment as the Rockies lose 13-0 to to the Cardinals. Yeah, that was a rough one. Albert Pujols and Adam Wainwright were the first 40-year-old teammates to hit a grand slam and throw seven innings in a game. And they had another 40-year-old teammate throw out the Rockies' only base runner that tried to steal a base in the game yesterday, Yadier Molina. Uh, Pools hit a grand slam, pinch hit grand slam in the third inning. It was the earliest pinch hit grand slam in baseball since like the 70s because who who's pinch hitting in the third inning? Oh, a team that's so far ahead that they're just going to throw a guy out there because he's so close to hitting 700 home runs. That was his 690th. But there was a sequence in that game, Rachel, where Charlie Blackman got hurt, came out. A few pitches later, Antonio Sensatella on a ground ball to first base got hurt. He had to limp off the game, limp out of the game, getting help from his teammates and staff. It looked really bad. He's probably going to go on the I.L., and then a couple pitches later, uh, there was a double hit into the outfield, which two Rockies outfielders kind of collided on. So it was just a classic Colorado Rockies baseball game. The Rockies are now 1-15 in their last 16 games at Bush Stadium in St. Louis. I was actually at their last win in St. Louis, which was in 2018. Uh, that's when I covered the team as a beat writer. So it's not... It's not looking good. Uh, they're 51 and 69 now. They just need to win a, no 12 games to avoid 100 losses. They've got, uh, I, I'm trying to do the quick math in my head here, like 35, 38-ish games left, maybe 40. So they need to just win a quarter of their games remaining to not have their first 100-loss season. And it's looking like they might actually not be able to do that, which would be very, very bad. I'm not even kidding you when I say this. This second half of baseball, this might be the worst Rockies team I've ever seen. It's like another level. And meanwhile, I'm going to the game the next two nights. So go Rockies. I I can't help but laugh because it's just so Rockies. You know what I mean? Like we talk about this all the time. It is just so Rockies. Uh, Quick question. Is Chris Bryant one back off the IR? He's still on it, so and Blackman's going on it most likely. Uh, Blackman might just sit out a few days. That didn't look like a major injury. Senzatella, I'd be shocked if he didn't. He he looked like he did some damage to his knee or hamstring. Jake, my other question to you: You have all this baseball knowledge. How many teams have had a hundred losses in a season? Uh, plenty. There's probably one or two a season that do. Right now, I looked at the Nationals' record last night because I for some reason flipped on the game. Uh, I, I guess I'm that person who's watching a Nationals team that's 39 and 80 in August. Um, so they're going to lose 100 games. The rare territory, Rachel, is when you start losing 110 plus games. Uh, the worst record in baseball history. Do you want to guess how many losses the worst team in baseball history had in the season? A hundred and eight. 108. I just said teams lose 110 plus games rarely, but it happens every once in five years. So the okay. Orioles- so then hold on. I need to, I need to reevaluate. Um, 
You said rarely, though. So 118. Okay, 118 is actually the most amount of wins in a season, which is the Seattle Mariners. Um, But the most losses in a season, and granted, this was not an 162-game season. This was 154 games. The 1899 Cleveland Spiders went 20-134 and on the season. They were actually later – they merged with the St. Louis Perfectos later that year, but that team had several Hall of Famers, including Cy Young, on it. Um, And – they were doing so badly in attendance that halfway through the season, they stopped playing home games. They only were playing road games. Uh, and at one point they went on like a 45 game losing streak or like lost 44, or 45. I think they only lost, they only won like three games the entire second half of the season. So they just gave up. Um, that's the worst baseball team ever. So when the Cleveland baseball club just renamed themselves to the guardians, I was really hoping that they would rename themselves the spiders because that is just legendary. I always, whenever I look back at how bad the Rockies are doing, I always go, let me check out that 1899 Cleveland Spider season because it makes me feel a little bit better. Oh my gosh. Well, Skunk Life Media said, hey, when Brian got here, he said he never played for a losing franchise. Clearly a man of his word. I have been making fun of Chris Bryant since the day he said that quote. And I said, welcome to Colorado, Chris Bryant, because things are about to drastically change for you. Yeah, and Chris is a great ball player. Maybe yeah. overpaid a little bit, but that's a Monfort thing. That's not a Chris thing. Like Chris didn't, Chris, Chris didn't. Well, Chris did ask to be overpaid, but that was not his fault that he got overpaid, right? Uh, so you know, he's a former MVP. He's a great ball player. He really is. He just hasn't been able to stay healthy. But he shouldn't have been paid that much money. And the Monfort's priorities are wrong. It's as simple as that. And. I understand why he would be excited about joining a team and why you would seem rosy and think that, hey, maybe I can change this because everywhere he has gone, truly it has been successful. But he is dealing with a whole different animal than one of the teams that was one of the founders of the National League in the Saint, uh, in, in the Chicago Cubs or San Francisco Giants. Mm-hmm. Well, sometimes we can't appreciate all that the Colorado Rockies do, but if you are attending Coors Field, you can always appreciate – a good walkout song, Jake. Yes, you can. And there is a great walkout song in Major League Baseball right now. The closer for the New York Mets, Edwin Diaz, has the best closer walkout maybe of all time. It's right up there with Mariano Rivera's uh, Enter Sandman and stuff like that. I I just need you guys to take a listen. And while you're doing it, maybe hit us in the comments with what would be your walkout song if you were a closer. I think Rachel and I have got some answers when we come back. Honestly, is a great walkout song. 
so high. Like, and, and, you know, taps plays when people die on the trumpet, like Mm -hmm. the death of your baseball team is coming with this modern day version of a trumpet song. I love it. Uh, It's like a wrestler coming out. It's just so hype. The fans are into it. I love it, Rachel. Okay. So now question is, what would your walkout song be? I've always said when the levee breaks by Led Zeppelin would be my walkout. Mm -hmm. I will say, and I don't have my baseball bat here, but I'll do it with one of my steeples. One of my teammates in high school used to come out to the plate, Pirates of the Caribbean walk up, belt right here, and he would oh act God, like it's stored. And part of me always wishes that I would do that. Like I'd be coming out of the bullpen, you know, my, my, my glove right here, and then I'd be like, Pirates of the Caribbean, boom, like with the ball. And I think that would be really intimidating. You could do it with the Star Wars song too. Sure. Uh, so th- those are my options. Okay, Maria says, I have a tiger. I like that. It's very much a classic. You could ask any of my friends, and they would tell you that this song would be my walkout song because it's the one I'm requesting at every wedding, every single time we go out. Anytime it comes on, any place we are, all of my friends will shift and look at me, and it's Yeah by Usher. Like, hands down, that is my song. It is still a legendary song. Even I think it came out in 2001. Like, it's so old, but you hear it everywhere you go still. And that's mine. That's my song. Easily. 2004, Rachel. 2004. 2004. But yeah. Yeah, by Usher. Yeah, yeah. It's a a slap. It's a slap. Um, You you know, and one of the things I really like is, you know, covering baseball for so long. So many of these uh, Latin ball players have such great walkouts with, like, the clapping and stuff. They absolutely do it right. There's a couple Rockies that obviously have had some great walk-ups in the past. Uh, Springsteen, Todd Helton, you know, because there's a 17 reference in there. Todd Helton wears 17. Mm-hmm. The best one, of course, though, Rachel, Charlie Blackman. I don't want to lose your love tonight. But you just got to get into it, right? True. No, I 100% agree. Well, we need to ask our, our boss man what his walkout song is going to be. James Merlat's going to join us here in just a quick second. And we can ask him. We're going to put him straight on the spot real quick. James, what would your walkout song be? Uh, boy, that is putting me on the spot. Yeah, you know, the, the way I'm feeling today, I'm going to go Garth Brooks, much too young to feel this damn old. Um, but I don't know. I'd, I'd have to think about it a little bit. <laughs> okay, classic. First of all, why are you why are you feeling that way today, Jake? I, I don't know. I don't know. Just it's a it's a Friday. It's been a long week. Uh, I you know, there's a lot of factors. Kids are back in school. I'm running in a million different directions, but all's good. All's good. Well, and you're also getting absolutely roasted yes. on social media too. So that probably can't help. So we need to kind of give a little bit of a backstory here because we've got our first Marilat match up as we talk about Colorado Avalanche today here on Coffee Break. So James, I'm excited for it. Like I said, the Marilat matchup. You were getting absolutely roasted today on, yes. or, or yesterday, I should say, on Twitter. So we're going to pull up your tweet here real quick because this tweet absolutely let a spark fly on social media. Oh, there was another one. We got we got a lot of stuff. So it says, the Avs choose Nachushkin over Kadri. It'll be fascinating to see how that decision turns out. I'm skeptical of it. And boy, oh boy, did your comments start flying on this one, James. 79 comments on one of them. So I want you to just... Say your point here real quickly on this statement. Yeah, and and you know, they they invested big money in one guy. They could they could spend on one person mm-hmm. and they chose to give Val Nachuskin a big contract and let Nazem Kadri 
walk. Now, there are other ways they could have kept Kadri, right? They still have some cap space. They could have traded Sam Girard. Then they would have had enough. If Eric Johnson had retired, that would have freed up some cap space. They could have kept Kadri. But in essence, the way it worked out is they can spend big on one, and they chose to spend on Val Nechuskin. He was great in the postseason. He was. He's a big reason why they won the cup. But throughout the entire year, Nazem Kadri was a better player. Nazem Kadri, to me, and the term I use is the heart and soul of this team. He's the, he's the guy that gives them a swagger. He's not the best player on the team, but he played a huge role. And to just act like, oh, you know, the Chuskin's better and they're, 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 they made the right choice, I think is silly. So I'm not saying it's going to be a disaster. I'm saying I'm skeptical of it. That's okay. It's okay to be, um, you know, raising your eyebrows and, and having a, que- a question about a decision they made. If it would have been me, and I said this when free agency started, whether it was on this show, on the air, whatever, you can only bring back one. You bring back the Chuskin. Or, or Nazem Kadri, it would have been Kadri in a heartbeat. Because again, I think he's gives them that that edge. I think Nachuskin is a guy who blossomed when he's playing, you know, with McKinnon and Landeskog and Rantanen and surrounded by stars. I think you can go find a lot of players who are going to look good when they're surrounded by those guys. I think Nazem Kadri is a unique, uh, tough to replace player. Very tough to replace. Troy says 100% agree. Losing Kadri is going to hurt for a long time. Robert says James is always skeptical. <laughs> Fair. That's uh, maybe I am. And, and you know what? I'm not saying, and this comes across as like, oh, it's disrespectful to Val Nishuskin. Why? Why is that disrespectful? But he's a guy who had a great postseason, mm-hmm. and you chose him over a guy who had a great season and has a better track record. And I get it. He's older. And, you know, all these people saying, oh, it's a seven year contract. You'll be regretting that at the end. Who cares? You're trying to defend the the Stanley Cup. This is a team that I think had the potential to do something that hasn't been done in four decades, and that's win three consecutive Cups. I'm worried about this coming season, the next season, maybe the season after that. If you win two, three, four Cups, and you're in salary cap purgatory in 2029, who gives a bleep? Nobody cares, right? Like, you, the window very rarely opens, and the, the abs clearly are in it. Take advantage of it. You know, you get all these people telling me, oh, they got this prospect and that prospect. Prospects? What are we talking about here? We're not, this isn't a team that needs to be counting on prospects. That's that's silliness. So, um, yeah, I would have taken Nazem Kadri over Val Nechuskin. I don't think that's a controversial uh, take, but on Twitter and with, you know, Avs fans who drink burgundy Kool-Aid, that was a uh, a very controversial take, apparently. Yeah, so we need to go to, and I actually need to give you props because you kind of roasted this. But Nick said, I'm going to tag you every time that Nachushkin makes a good play this season. We all know Kadri is a great player. I'm not dodging him on that. I'm not dogging him on that, excuse me. But this tweet is so disrespectful to Nachushkin, who was one of the Avs' best all-around players all season and cup run long. And you said disrespectful only to those with thin skin. <laughs> right. I, I, I've said all along he was great in the postseason. I've said it repeatedly. And I think he was good during the regular season. And this is where DMAC and I got into it. DMAC saying he was the third best player on the abs. Hold Nobody on said second, that Jay. during the season. Nobody. Hold on one second. Because the man, the myth, the legend. Yes. Our very own DMAC, he's here. So don't worry. We're going to give you. DMAC, can you hear us? Maybe. Uh-oh. Uh oh. D Mac. Can you hear me? There I got you. Go. Can you hear us? Ugh. 
stupid, stupid phone. I just got out of a meeting. If, if, you, if you can hear me, uh, I can't really hear you, but let me just say something. Uh, James, I respect uh, how you feel about Cadre. I do. Um, and I'm not even trying to belittle what you're saying. And again, I'm just trusting that I can speak and nobody can speak back at me, which is what I prefer anyways. Uh, but Val Nachushkin, there's... Oh, oh my no! God. Oh, no! Okay, well, we'll try and get DMAC back here. It looked like he was at a coffee shop for a meeting, but... Okay, well, let me let me just let me here. just say my piece here, if you don't mind. Yes, absolutely. Right. So, DMAC on Twitter last night saying Nichushkin's was was the third best player on the Abs all season long is preposterous. It just is, right? Like it was Nathan McKinnon, Kale McCarr, and then somebody was third, and uh -huh. nobody during the season, nobody said it was Val Nichushkin, right? And then DMAC comes back with the well, those of us, you know, the Muggles who were there all the time have been saying it. It's like, fine, find me the tweet, find me the story, find me the on-air segment where anyone said it, right? And it's just like, wow, we were thinking it, just trust us. Like, that's revisionist history. Like, come on, that's, that's a joke. Miko Rantan was the team's leading scorer all season long. He wasn't the third best player. I mean, give me a break. This is just, it's, it's a, everything the Avs do because they won the cup is fine and they make no mistakes and you can't question them, which is silly. It's the same argument I had in 2016 when I would question John Elway and everybody was like, oh, can't question John. They just won the Super Bowl. Okay. He decided to defend a Super Bowl with Trevor Simeon, but I digress. Okay. Hold on one sec. I'm going to try and get DMAC back in here. Uh, that is, he just texted. He was like, I'm so sorry. Uh, that is too funny, James, though. Um, well, well, if we don't get him back, if we don't okay. get him back, I'm sitting in with Zach by right now. So don't let me get this past 11 o'clock, by the way. I'm supposed to be on the air. I got you. Um, and so I'll be there at 2 o'clock when DMAC comes in. And so for the crosstalk at 2 o'clock, we will have this debate. So if we can't get it here, we'll just push it to 2 o'clock. I love it. I love it. Okay, he says he's going to try. Uh, who who would you have try and fill um, Cadre's role? I think from a scoring standpoint, I mean, Nichushkin, right? Like if he's so... If he's so great, why doesn't he fill the role? I mean, geez, he's according to DMAC, he's great at everything. I mean, for I mean, apparently he was an all-star and was a heart trophy candidate. We just all missed it. Okay, let me real quick ask you this then. Oh, it looks like we're gonna bring him in one more time. Hold on one second. Oh my gosh. Here he is. DMAC, can you hear us? No. He looks great. He, he looks does. Great. Can you hear me? No. <laughs> I kind of love him. I also, I feel so bad for DMAC because DMAC tries so hard to everybody and technology just never works for DMAC. Like no. he tries so hard and for some reason it just never works out for him. This feels like Tyson versus Peter McNeely. That's how this first Marilot matchup went. It's too good. It's too good. Well, definitely everybody tune in um, between that like one fifty to 2 o'clock mark because, yeah, I think it's going to be a hoot of a conversation for sure. James, I will let you go. We're going to bring Jake back in here too. But actually, real quick, James, yeah. you might know the answer to my question. Yeah. What the heck happened out at Broncos yesterday with the defense interrupting Russell Wilson? Did you hear anything else on this? I just heard Tyler and DMAC talking about it throughout their show yesterday. I wasn't there. It wasn't a, wasn't a practice I attended. Yeah. Um, 
you know, I, I don't think it's a bad thing. Like, part of what I like about this defense is they're lippy. And I loved it when they were, you know, when the Cowboys were in town. And I think that gives you a swagger. That can be a bad thing, though. We saw it, you know, after Peyton Manning left and the offense and the defense were a house divided and, it, you know, bubbled over in the locker room and Aqib Tlaib getting into it with the the offensive players, Russell Okung, and that can be a problem. I don't see that as an issue because I, I, from the sounds of it, Russell Wilson kind of came right back at him, which is a good thing, right? You got to have, you know, I'm defending my guys. You defend your guys. At the end of the day, can you also be a team, though? That's a, that's a, that could be an issue. So it's interesting. I'm not going to worry about it too much yet, but uh, yeah, kind of a fascinating day out at Dove Valley. Yeah, definitely something to keep your eye on to see how this season um, moves on. James, as always, thanks for hopping on. For Maryland matchup, we're going to have a lot more of these coming up because we're excited about this kind of stuff, you guys. I personally, I love watching people argue with James. James is usually very spot on to everybody. Like, I got to give James a lot of credit because he's usually very spot on. I think it's just the way he says things, Jake, that really piss people off. I've related to James in this manner for a while. You know, I think that if you say LeBron James is one of the greatest basketball players of all time like that, you know, no one will say anything about it. But if you say LeBron James is one of the greatest players of all time, people are going to get upset with you. Or if you say that I did, first of all, the group to our group work chat, everybody was making fun of me because I, I did not say that LeBron James is washed up. I just said he's not as good as a player as he once was. Sounds like wash to me, Rachel. Sounds like wash to me. No, because he's still one of the best basketball players in the entire NBA for sure. But I just think, and I feel like he may even agree that like. Okay. So, so to stop you on that, what do you mean by one of the best? We're, we're like top 10, top 15, top 20, where are you cutting them off? Um top 15 for sure okay that's measured that's you know measured. what I, he's not he's no longer that guy where he's gonna go in a game and just absolutely be able to carry a team for every single game like he's just not that anymore like I'm, I don't think again I think he's a top 15 player in the league but I don't think he's top five like some people is he the greatest of all time Jake actually I want to get your opinion is he the greatest of all time in your book is LeBron James the greatest basketball player of all time I would say no. I've long, I've long said Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is my number one and will remain that even when LeBron does break his scoring record. Um, now there, of course, is arguments against Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, like the fact that the ABA was better than the NBA during the time Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was in the NBA and that he struggled to win titles while that split was going on and the league was weakened down. But what Kareem Abdul-Jabbar did to elevate the league what Kareem Abdul-Jabbar did off the floor, much like LeBron James has done, elevated players' voices, changed the way we think about athletes, and he's still doing it today. So Kareem Abdul-Jabbar has always been an inspiration for me and one of the greatest basketball players of all time, if not, and to me, the greatest basketball player of all time, if not one of the greatest athletes of all time. Um, and then I would put Jordan at number two. Uh, just because I grew up in the shadow of Michael Jordan and that legacy and that ghost that haunts basketball is just so large. I think LeBron James is number three. And, you know, he came in with the hype of being the next one, the next great one. Mm -hmm. And the fact that he has not only lived up to that hype, but superseded it 
is incredible because the hype coming out of high school is unbelievable. Uh, and I, I, I don't think that takes anything away from LeBron James. What I do think takes away from LeBron James is how it's ending here with the Lakers. And it's almost as bad as Jordan with the Wizards. It's, it's to the same level. Thank you. That's my whole point, too, is LeBron James has had an amazing career. But you're slowly watching it die off from being amazing, right? Like, mm-hmm. that's my whole point when it comes to this stuff. And people can get angry, whatever. But that's it. It's just like you're slowly watching. Like, this next generation isn't getting to see who this amazing LeBron James is because they're watching him be a good basketball player, but not that next level. And that's fine. I don't need to see 27, seven and seven LeBron, his career averages. If mm-hmm. he's 22, six and six, that's still a really great NBA player. Sure. The problem is Anthony Davis has not been a top five player and he has not played wingman to Anthony Davis. He was supposed to age like Tom Brady, where they got all this talent around him and they propped LeBron up. Mm-hmm. LeBron James could be great for another few years, but is he going to be one of the top 10 players in the NBA? No. But that doesn't mean he can be invaluable and be a great player for a team. The problem is, is we're still looking at him through the scope of he's the best player in the league. He is not. He has not been since maybe 2014 or 2015. It was Kevin Durant. Then it was Giannis. And right now it's probably Nikola Jokic, maybe Giannis still. And then it's probably going to be Luka next or Mm -hmm. John Morant. So the thing is, we can't look at LeBron James through the scope that Rachel and I we're so blessed to see when we were younger, where it was, it was legitimately one of the greatest things I've ever seen was him at the peak years of him at the end with Cleveland and then him with Miami and then going back to Cleveland. That was incredible. He is not that player anymore, but Paul's Millsap was in the MVP was, was in the NBA last year mm-hmm. and valuable to a team in the Philadelphia 76ers and then Brooklyn Nets. LeBron James can play power forward much better than Paul Millsap right now if you put him into that role. I just think we need to change the expectations, and the expectation is the is the sign of all disappointment in sports. And that's one of the things we were just talking about with James and the Avs mm-hmm. is the expectation of James saying the Avs should win the next two Stanley Cups, which is absurd, is one of the reasons why he's disappointed today. Yeah, J- or Jake, fantastic job. Fantastic job saying everything you just did. I agree with you. Um, I'm going to leave everybody on this note for a Friday afternoon. Vic Fangio returned to the NFL. Definitely a possibility next year. So with that, everyone, we will leave you. I hope you all have a wonderful weekend. We'll be back 1030 a.m. on Monday morning. We'll see everybody then. Bye, guys.